Hi, it's Neha Gandhi, CEO of Girlboss, and we're about to kick off our final episode of Mentor Memos. These episodes are part of a broader discussion that we're having here at Girlboss about helping women define success on their own terms. And we're so happy to be able to bring you these conversations thanks to our partner, Tresemme. Like us, Tresemme understands that the system wasn't designed with women in mind. But we can help create a new generation of women leaders if we equip them with the resources that they need to move forward. I hope you've been getting just as much as I have out of these conversations because they've meant so much to me. And honestly, I've learned tons from the incredible guests that we've had. And we have one more amazing pair coming up. You're about to hear from two phenomenal creatives who've built their own businesses in their own ways. Baba Rivera is something of a marketing wonderkind who's worked on huge brands like Uber and Away. And after garnering even more notable successes under her belt, Baba launched her own brand marketing agency in 2017 called Buy Baba. Joining her is Sophia Lee, a journalist and director who was previously the media entertainment editor for Vogue.com. Baba and Sophia are the best of friends, and they're a shining example of what modern-day peer mentorship can look like. We can't always get a senior mentor to guide us, but that doesn't mean that mentorship is off the table. I know you won't want to miss this one, so let's dive right in. Here's our conversation. Today, I'm so excited because we have two amazing creative powerhouses with us to close out the final episode of Mentor Memos. We have Baba Rivera and Sophia Lee, who are respectively a powerhouse marketer and an amazing writer and director. And both women have really accomplished huge things inside of other organizations and then now have gone off to do something for themselves. So I love that you guys really embody the entrepreneurial spirit of what we love about Girlboss, but also that you have this amazing friendship. I think what I'm really excited to talk to both of you about is this idea of peer mentorship because the two of you are great friends and you're also people who have helped each other in your careers. Is that right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, completely. So I think to start, what I would love is, Baba, tell me a little bit about Sophia, about what's so inspiring and amazing about her. Well, Sophia is a force of nature. I feel like there hasn't been a single person that I've introduced Sophia to that hasn't been amazed and like actually one-on-one thanked me for bringing Sophia into their life. So I think that's the best kind of description of Sophia. She just gives so much of herself. She's extremely generous and really everyone's cheerleader and a total sunshine. I mean, look at her sitting here in her bright pink just with a big (laughs) smile, bringing the best energy. Yeah, there's so much good color in this room right now. (laughs) And Sophia, tell me a little bit about what Baba looks like through your eyes. Ooh, what Baba looks like. Well, I feel like you can feel her energy before you even see her. And then once you see her, her presence is definitely known in the room. She is so captivating, so full of life, always sees the big picture and makes you believe that anything is possible. And she gives so much and that's just so innate and part of her nature. And you can immediately tell that. when you first meet her as well. I love that through line of generosity that sort of flows through your relationship. That's so powerful. And I think it may not be uniquely female, but it feels largely female. Yeah. 
Baba, you have done incredible marketing work at brands like Uber, at Away, and now you have your own marketing agency by Baba. And Sophia, we know your byline from Vogue.com. We know you as a director. We know you as a journalist. And now you're working on your own as a freelancer as well. How have the two of you guys leaned on each other? Who went freelance? Who went out on their own first? Ooh, Baba did. I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not sure. Because I met you when you were still at Vogue and I was still at Away, right? You were at Uber, actually. Oh, I and you were Uber. just accepted the position at Away. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting times. So, yeah, we've definitely been through each other's journeys of kind of like going into the unknown and the anxiety that comes with that and kind of like needing someone else to tell you that you can do this. Yeah. I remember when I left, actually... I was having so much anxiety and you walked me through it so much. And that is so funny because you were so confident. And that was the time when you were also going off on your own, too. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you got this. I'm not sure if I got this, but you do. <laughs> yeah, I love that. How about a little bit further back? When did you guys how did you meet each other? We met at a her dinner, actually. Yeah. The one with April. Yeah. Who should tell us the speaker. Yeah. It was one of the early her dinners in New York. And tell us what her is for anyone who doesn't know. Well, go. Her is female community, and it's all about connecting women who are inspired and want to be in touch with other women who are just as inspired. And it's all about really just being our truly our vulnerable selves. So I think what's interesting about this is that you guys met at a dinner, right? And I think a lot of us go to a lot of dinners and a lot of networking events, and you can sort of have a great time and walk away and be like, that was inspiring, and not really forge meaningful relationships. But the two of you actually built something that lasted well past that dinner. What was it about that initial interaction that made you think, oh, this is a person who could be in my life? I was actually thinking about this a little bit, and both Sophia and I are not the person who would proactively approach someone. So I think our paths were crossed mainly thanks thanks to Marika, Mm -hmm. who actually set up a coffee with the three of us. And Marika is um, my co-founder in in her community. And um, after meeting Sophia at that dinner, she was like, wow, that Sophia is so cool. And we had been talking about needing someone to really define the voice of her and kind of like finding someone as a creative director for for the community. Um, So through that, we decided to kind of like take Sophia out on a coffee date. Um, And that's how I feel like we really got to know each other. Yeah. It's funny because I think maybe it started a little bit more professionally. And I remember when I was invited to the Hurt Dinner, it was actually right after Fashion Month. And I uh, vividly remember being like, no, I'm not going to go. I'm so networked out. The last thing I want to do is be like, hi, my name is Sophia and this is what I do. And everyone was like, no, it's so different. And then when I got there, it was so different. I just vividly remember walking away being like, wow, these women, uh, you know, you always say like, oh, I have enough women in my life. I have enough friends in my life. And then you meet more women and you're like, nope, not at all. <laughs> I and need my life, all of them. Yeah, I need all of them in my life. Little did I know, I was thinking about it today too, like probably that was like, it was like BC, like B, like an AC. It was like before Baba and her network and after Baba and her network because it really was just such a shift. I can see that in my personal and professional life, actually. That's so cool. And you guys have a relationship that, you know, started out professionally, evolved into a friendship, and now it's something that we would call peer mentorship, which you're the only pair of peer mentors that we've had on this show. And I want you to talk a little bit about, like, 
Is it ever awkward to look at someone who is a friend and who's on your level to say, I need help from you? Like, how can you help me be better? Or is it natural? Like, how do you make it natural? I think it's a real question. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think with uh, both Sophia and I, so we actually did a human design, um, do you say workshop or study or yeah. reading? I'm not sure. Uh, so human design is kind of like astrology meets science for understanding your DNA for how you're meant to operate as a human. And we found out that we're both the same type, which is someone who is truly a giver. Like they call us the advisor. We love to advise, but we're not always as great as asking for help or asking for advice. So I think that's why, at least for me, the traditional mentorship relationship has never been super appealing. It hasn't felt natural or comfortable for me to have a relationship where I'm just the taker. Um, so the peer peer mentoring has kind of like subconsciously happened in my life. It wasn't that I went out and said, now I'm going to find a peer mentor. It just naturally so happened because I'm a giver and I I feel like I shine better in relationships with there is a two-way street. What about you, Sophia? Echoing Baba's words, when we found out we had the same human design, we were like, oh, that makes so much sense. It was like, duh, of course. We talked about this the other day that we hate it's it like sits on top of us if we owe someone something if we're like oh they did me a favor I have to you know repay them back that favor it's like the worst thing that we can do I mean I guess we need to learn how to ask for help yeah. because that can keep me awake at night where I'm like oh like I just took something over there I haven't given it back yeah but then it's so funny because Baba's like constantly giving like I we talked about it how you spend at least like an hour every day, always connecting someone, always, you know, making those connections. So it was so comfortable, I think, because we operate in that same way where she knows it's not transactional. And if I do ask for something, it's like there's no preconceived notions or expectations from that. I almost feel like honored when I have Sophia ask because it doesn't happen often. (laughs) I feel like most of the time our peer mentoring relationship is more so being a sounding board for one another and providing each other with that safe space to kind of like go through the thought process of sometimes finding yourself being a little bit uncomfortable in a professional setting and not always knowing exactly what it is. Um, So I would say our conversations are very rarely, hey, Sophia, I need this or like, hey, I don't know what to do. It's more so bringing up a topic or something that's bothering you and then that turns into a conversation that leads you to a conclusion or a realization every conversation sort of ends in this like magical epiphany yeah (laughs) yeah that's so cool I have some friends like that and it's like those people are so priceless in your life but I want to go back to the idea of you know it it weighs on you when you feel like you owe someone something because I do think that a lot of women experience that, right? This idea of like, oh, it's too much. I can't ask this person for this thing. And I wonder if sometimes that holds us back, right? Mm -hmm. But I wonder, like, I'm curious how you think about it. Like, what's underlying that? Like, how do you feel when people ask you for something, I think, in return is the question. I mean, it really depends how someone asks. Yes, completely. We actually talk about this a lot in the her community, how to like do a professional ask. I think um, because I'm so cautious of people's time and uh, respectful of the positions that they have, I... I don't put out my asks like to left and right. So I can sometimes be a little bit put off when I get asks that are not thought through. Uh, Like someone sliding into the DM being like, 
Like, can hey, I pick your brain? Can yeah. I grab a coffee? Hey, and I would love to buy you a coffee as if like mm. they're giving me something right. uh, to pick your brain or or asking questions that can very easily be Googled or, you know. Um, and I think maybe sometimes I, because I'm not someone who asks for a lot myself, I I can get a little bit um, like put back when, when someone kind of like takes a lot of freedom from someone they don't even know. Yeah. Well, I also think that, you know, this year for both of us, we've learned that energy, like every relationship is an energy exchange and how to protect our energy. Yeah. It's so crucial. And when we're saying yes to these coffee dates that are not intentional or whatever, we're actually not giving our full energy. So it doesn't, it's not good for us. It's not good for them. It's not, it's like a lose-lose situation. It doesn't benefit anyone really. So the sort of philosophy is like be pickier about who you help but give well, more to those people. I would say how you help more yeah. so. Yeah. And that's something that I have really learned this year. And I mean, Sophia and I have spent hours talking about how to navigate the space of wanting to help, especially women. I mean, we're both part of the HER community and that's truly where our values are. We want to help other women rise. But how do we do that effectively and energetically with, with the best energy that we can? So I think for for me, it's been um, a lot about asking follow-up questions before maybe setting up that meeting. And sometimes when I see what they actually want to talk about, I realize that maybe I'm not even the right person for it. I was just the one that came to mind. Asking the right questions before you put the time um, so that when you do meet with someone, you, you can really use that time wisely. One thing that I'd love for each of you to talk a little bit about is how you think about how you thought about taking the leap to freelance, right? Because that was a moment where it sounds like, Baba, you went first, Sophia, you went second, but it's terrifying to leave a great job at a great brand and say, I'm going to do something for myself. How did you find that courage and how did you lean on each other during those moments? Mm. Yeah, I mean, for me, it wasn't great timing. I'm, I'm a foreigner, so I'm here on a visa. So my visa was tied to my job and everything. Um, but I think what really made me take the leap was this um, really inner voice that wouldn't shut up. <laughs> it, it just kept coming to me that I, I, I felt like I was no longer on the right track. And I later on learned through the human design reading that we did that when I am on the right track, I have a sense of success. And when I am not on the right track, I feel frustrated. And I was feeling frustrated constantly at that time. It was creating a lot of friction in my life um, in, in every aspect. So that to me, um, actually, unfortunately, led to a little bit of a health issue. Um, I, I had a panic attack at the office. And I think that was the, the true wake-up moment for me where I felt like I was no longer myself. I wasn't recognizing myself. And I was also getting married that same year. And I think out of respect to my now husband, I just felt like this was not the version of me that I wanted to bring into our marriage. Mm. So I felt like I had to make some true changes. And I decided to prioritize my health and my family first. And that was probably the first time that I did that. And I have never looked back. And I'm really, really proud of that decision. It's funny because I feel like your body knows way before you you allow your mind to know or accept. Yeah. You like have your mind accept that, but your body will definitely give you clues. That similar to me, I also had an anxiety attack actually, and Baba was so uh, sympathetic because with her things, she was like, "I totally understand." You know, like take like be kind to yourself, and that's I remember that you were like, "Be kind to yourself." 
Like, even if you keep ignoring it, there'll be things that happen in the universe that are obviously pushing you in the other way. My example, I was on a flight and the right engine of the plane caught on fire and we had to evacuate via the slides, like the chutes off to the side of the plane on my way to oh my, my sister's God. wedding. Damn. I this. <laughs> Wait, I didn't know this. Yes. No, I've totally told you about this. And I was like on my way to my older sister's wedding in San Francisco and I was the maid of honor and I was writing my speech on the plane. I was so excited. I had my, you know, custom fitted dress with me. <laughs> and I think in that moment, you start asking yourself, oh, what's everything I could have done that I didn't? And one of the things was like, oh, I didn't quit my job. Total clarity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, then took a few months to actually leave, but that was, it definitely uh, was a big wake up moment. One of the quotes that I love the most is, I've been to hell and hell is where you meet the yourself and what you could have become. So it's like meeting the version of you who you could have been if you just like followed all your dreams, but you wasted didn't. potential. Yeah, wasted potential is like my but biggest also, fear. I feel like once you have gone through something like that, you can almost not appreciate the pain, obviously, but you can be grateful for it mm. because through painful moments in my life is really when I have been forced sometimes to take drastic decisions that have totally shifted my trajectory for the better. Do you have an example you can share? Well, I mean, that was one where I was just not happy um, where I was. And I had always wanting to start my own company. And I was scared. And I was masking my fear with, oh, it's not the good timing. Or I don't have a visa. You know, you're putting all these practicalities as masking your fear, basically. Um, so then my body forced me to look the fear in the eye and, and do something about it. The other part is this year. I lost my brother at the beginning of this year. And that was definitely one of those moments where I'm like, I just felt like, wow, I'm living in my bubble. I'm so, you know, stressed and doing all these things. And I take time for granted. I take my family for granted. I I just assume that I can talk to them later or I will call them back later. So losing my brother, that suddenly definitely had me rethink how I was living my life. And as a result, I've done a lot of changes this year with the um, amount of travels that I do, how I travel, what I delegate, and um, to learn to ask for help and, and rely on my team um, more. Yeah. Yeah, rethinking how you live in order to honor him in a different way. Yeah. So we've been talking a lot about how one of the benefits of having a great mentor is that that person can help you prioritize and figure out what's really important to you as you move forward in life. And part of effective prioritization is cutting out anything that isn't serving you, big or small. For me personally, one seemingly small but highly effective productivity hack has been my obsession with dry shampoo. I'm serious. Streamlining my personal care process to be as efficient as possible frees up a lot of space for me to do the other more important things on my to-do list. Using a wonderfully effective and lightweight dry shampoo means that I don't have to start from scratch with my hair every morning. And that is a huge time saver. And our friends at Tresemme, who help make mentor memos possible, make an outstanding dry shampoo. The Tresemme Fresh and Clean dry shampoo is super lightweight and it doesn't leave any awkward white residue. It's incredibly effective at refreshing your roots so you can spend your time and energy elsewhere, tackling other things on your to-do list. You can shop the Tresemme Fresh and Clean Dry Shampoo 
and other products from the Between Washes line at Tresemme.com. That's T-R-E-S-E-M-M-E.com. All right, now back to the conversation. I'd love to sort of talk about each of your individual industries because you're both creatives, but you work in slightly different spaces and understand what do you think the institutional challenges are that are holding women back that you want to really make a dent in when you think about that next generation and how you want to create a better space for them and more opportunities. I mean, I can speak for for my industry where I run an agency, so it is kind of an office job. And I would say that I've realized that most kind of like office culture was really designed for men, you know, to be in at the same time every day and like, you know, be at the same capacity throughout the entire day, every week of the month. That's not how a woman works. We have our hormones and we are in different cycles. Each (laughs) week is actually different. And each month is the same, but it changes week by week. So kind of like having that understanding for creating um, a work environment that really looks to the individual. And I mean, not to mention women being pregnant or, you know, having children. We had our first employee go on mat leave. So I, I think there is a lot that holds women back because we're really trying to fit a mold that wasn't really created for us. And I think that's what I love the most about my job is that I'm able to redesign that mold, at least for my company. Yeah, I there's definitely similarities there. I've done projects where, you know, it's a very big brand. And but so I can work with as many females as possible on the team. But then you realize that the person that has the final say is usually men. It started with the change of like, oh, let's uh, put diversity in front of the camera. And then the next conversation was like, okay, what happens behind the camera? And now we're talking about what happens in the leadership group, what happens in the ownership group, who is actually a partner of the company, who is benefiting from the profits. And that's the difference between diversity and representation. You can have diversity, which is like people see of it almost as like a garnish, like the add-ons to a dish. But representation is when it's like the main ingredients of the dish. It's like when you have the leadership board, the advisory board, the people see level, that is representation. Diversity, just because you have, you know, a few women, a few women of color in your company doesn't mean that you have representation. It's participation, not just checking a box. Like yeah. true participation. Yeah. And it's always like an afterthought. Like, oh, do we do we have that female in yeah. our company? <laughs> like, oh, we need to hire that female now. Or any minority faces that, though. For sure. Now, you have a great story about a time that you really leaned on Baba to give you some confidence to speak out against something like that. Yeah. So, and what I was saying earlier is that as a society, it's amazing how much we've shifted just in the past few years when it comes to female empowerment. And everyone sees that. But I think on the opposite side of that is that brands see that and then they want to capitalize on this marketing trend, you know, um, Women's March, Female Empowerment Voices, Female Empowered, uh, only dedicated newspapers or media sites. And then you have these bigger brands that really move the needle and they want to do projects that represent a female voice, but, or it's about female empowerment, but then they have maybe like the main talent is male and then behind the scenes, it's an all male crew. And then, you know, the director is going to be male and asking the female, very female questions. It's hard sometimes because as a freelancer, you're like, should I do this because it will elevate my career and my portfolio or do I need to stick to my values? And I leaned on Baba. I was like, 
I texted her and a few other of our um, amazing girlfriends. And I was like, I just cried on the subway <laughs> because I sent this email and I don't know if I'm overreacting. And Bob was like, you, you know your values and whatever you do at the end of the day, you'll know that was the right choice. And I fought for it. So did you get your way? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So it was worth it. I mean, I just felt like just because you exercise voice, it doesn't make it any easier. It's always a fight and it's so much energy. It's constantly a fight and trying to re-explain everything and not trying to seem like neurotic. Yeah, neurotic (laughs) or like, you know, the B word. So, right. There are so many words that I think people like use from the top down to minimize women who have an opinion and or who really want to go to the mat for an idea you know you're being emotional you're being neurotic you're being bitchy you're being difficult yeah or you're overreacting overreacting is probably my biggest pet peeve overreacting that that's literally was kind of like the underlying of the message i think you're overreacting it's gonna be great (laughs) we have we have these female talent (laughs) But that's great. You got them to really see your point. Yeah. And it was just so nice to know that even if I lost a job, whatever, and I had, like, the safety net of, like, Baba to fall back on and just my friendships as well. Yeah, that's the other thing I would say that with the whole, like, peer mentoring um, relationship that we have is that it's almost like having a little, like, extra PR person on the street. (laughs) Like, the amount of, like intros that I've got from Sophia or like brands that want to work with us because Sophia was raving about us is just incredible and I think I honestly don't think I would be where I am today without that level of support and I think more women should really lean into that and kind of like daring to celebrate and promote their friends. That's such an important part, this idea that you're not just showing up for each other and helping each other solve problems, but you're actually these active champions of each other. Yeah. I would have to say Baba is like my biggest hype woman. Like every time she introduces me, even in person, she's like, oh, you don't know Sophia? Like, and it's like to have that person. And also we're kind of people where we're, we hate talking about ourselves yeah so it's just so amazing to have someone that knows you so well and be your ultimate like number one fan and hype woman it's so invaluable the thing is we both hate this kind of like surface level talk so if i'm at an event with sophia and someone is like oh so what do you do sophia she's like you know so what about and she like (laughs) changed the conversation because it feels so I don't know, like it's um, self-promotion, I I guess, doesn't come natural uh, to you. And then I'm like, "Uh -uh, wait, before we move on in this conversation, let me tell you, Sophia is like the most badass director. You're doing a video, you should hire her. Um, And I think that's so comforting because I can totally relate to that feeling of standing there and speaking up myself, like hyping myself doesn't doesn't come natural. I really like that because I think for so long we've given women this like one sort of template of advice that's like, here is the sort of approach to leadership that men have taken for a really long time because they've been in the workplace longer than women. And this is how you sort of pattern those behaviors and do it, right? You need to brag about yourself. You need to ask for more. You need to do all of these things and you should do it in a way that feels distinctly male in a lot of ways. But maybe that's not the only answer. Maybe there's actually a great solution here where you don't have to get super comfortable talking yourself up. You just need a hype woman in your corner. Yeah. Yeah. There's always a friendship first. And the industries that we're both in and the roles that we both play, we wear so many hats. And these are roles that we couldn't have ever learned in college or in school. And even if we had a mentor or traditional mentor, 
like our industry is changing so much that like they wouldn't some things that we talk about they wouldn't not even know how to relate actually someone was i think there's also this misperceived no, notion, notion about networking um there have been some articles where i've been referenced as like the like pro networker and i was like what <laughs> I, i don't know if i relate to that but i realized that a lot of my close relationships today are actually really incredible women but that didn't happen in the sense of me trying to like change business cards with like the ceo of so and so company it really happened through peer mentoring or like peer relationships that later on grew so as i've grown in my career so have my friends so naturally i'm surrounded by really badass women who run companies or are ceos or svps and that happened by building that a few years ago so that's why i'm i'm such a believer in like young people should really look next to them instead of doing this super awkward cold email to the ceo of so and so company look around you who do you have that is accessible and that actually wants to talk to you build those relationships yeah completely and don't disregard someone who comes up to you and you're like oh but you don't have a high level role or title at this big company or whatever because you never know where they're going to end up where you're going to end up it's it's a small world and you're always going to meet the same people and it's if you connect with someone as a peer you're going to connect with them in so many ways like not just personally too I love that. It's not just about like sort of collecting people the way like you might have considered networking in the past. Yeah. It's building relationships. Totally. And how do you think about sort of watering and nurturing your own relationship, especially as, you know, you do sort of cross these like professional and personal lines in your friendship and your peer mentorship? How do you make sure you're not sacrificing the relationship in that work? Oh, well, I can start because I have so many things off the top of my head because when I was thinking about this earlier baba invests in her friends like she invests in every other part of her life she she you know just like when you have a significant other or partner you have to consciously and proactively work on it and i think with friendships we often take for granted that people are our friends we're like oh now that you know once you get past that threshold of coffee dates and workout dates and you're my actual friend you kind of just leave it at that level but friendships also require just as much investment and proactiveness and baba's the first to always she'll have the craziest summer and then she'll go upstate just to have some zen and peace and quiet for her and her husband but then she'll invite all of her friends <laughs> or like for example when baba just celebrated her anniversary in sweden you know most couples are like i want to celebrate with my significant other and just have it be just us too and for them it's the they're just so giving they invite everyone to Sweden they had it was the most amazing weekend of just love and connection and everyone felt so connected to them how baba actually just gives so much to her relationship is that she so proactively invests in her friendship she will always include myself her friends and anything whether it's an anniversary or vacation or i mean she's really taught me that like the giving and the proactiveness that you need to take for friendships is just as important as any other part of your life It's really beautiful. I love this through line of generosity that really stems like that runs through this relationship. But that's honestly something that you attract back when you kind of like put that out in the universe. I really feel like the more 
generous you are, the more generous people you you find yourself surrounded by. Uh, because everything that Sophia is saying, I'm like, no, that's how Sophia is as a friend. Like, I, you're probably one of my busiest friends. I, I, I think you're way busier than I am than anyone else I know. And somehow she always finds the time to celebrate everyone's birthday with thought, with thoughtfulness. She shows up with flowers. She, you know, meditates for her friends. She like it's the, the amount of thoughtfulness that goes into Sophia and her friends is just so inspiring. Also because you have a lot of friends. You're, it's you're not like someone who you know has three people in your circle and that's it. You really are a social person who still finds a way to connect with depth, which I really really appreciate. <laughs> and we're all gonna cry yeah i know yeah. we're gonna have a <laughs> the water tearjerker moment <laughs> excuse us uh, my last question to the two of you guys is really what's your advice to other women who are looking to build a relationship like yours are there sort of any guardrails that you can offer or just sort of what's the guidance you have for someone who wants to emulate what you have mm. Well, I think that oftentimes that person is already in your life. You just maybe need it. Like we said, what Baba does all the time is invest more into that relationship, is proactively be a friend and, you know, not just to go to events together or whatever, have dinners here and off, but really take the time to understand their needs. And I think that person more, most likely will, you realize is already in your life. Yeah, definitely. I, I think really be yourself. And it's uh, like everything I'm going to say sounds so corny because it, it should be obvious. But sometimes I think we overthink relationships. We're trying to already see the the result. Like what is the fruit that's coming going to come out of this? And I think the best fruit comes from the seeds you planted without even knowing you were planting them. So I think really try to find yourself first, kind of like be comfortable with who you are and be as authentic as you can. And that's how you're going to attract the people that are truly right for you. Like, I, I really can't put it in any other way. Yeah, that's so true. I One time, um, a friend who was a relationship coach said, you should write down, like, all the qualities you want in a significant other. And then you should look at those qualities and be, ask yourself, am I missing? Like, what am, is missing for myself? Like, what do I actually need to work on? Because then you'll attract that person the same. And I think it goes the exact same for friendships. I realized that as I've been working on myself like my friends have changed too and I've realized like who really are the ones that I want to surround myself consistently and who are the ones that you know maybe don't aren't serving me as much right now but they were great in that phase of my life and and it's okay to like grow with your friends and understand that about yourself too. Now that we've explored Baba and Sophia's relationship a little bit more let's get to a few questions they had for each other. I guess I'll start. Baba, what do you get out of this relationship that is most valuable? I feel like I get a lot of energy, like good energy. I never feel drained after hanging out with you, Sophia. I never feel judged. I always feel uplifted and like I learn something. Sophia, what do you need out of this relationship that you could get more of? Hmm. I feel like so we know our languages of love and they're pretty similar too, <laughs> just like human design. And mine is access service and quality time. And she, Baba, you give me so much like access service. You brought my bag this morning. That's access service. Quality time. We had dinner and went to Bizarre Icons on Friday night. And I mean, she knows how to like tap into both of those areas. So just more of that access service and quality time is all I can ask for. 
will do. <laughs> More to Noted. Come. <laughs> Baba, how do you approach younger women who seek out your mentorship? How do you make time for them and decide who can best help? Yeah, this is a loaded question for me <laughs> because I, uh, as my kind of like online presence has grown, so have the requests of, of mentorship. And mm. since I personally don't believe in the one-way mentorship model, I don't have any experience from that. I haven't, I haven't felt like I'm in a place to become someone's mentor because I, I don't really believe in that. So what I have done is to, through my work, create a series where I can provide career advice instead. So I every other Sunday, I do a career Q&A on my Instagram stories where people are able to send in their questions and I answer. I also um, have this series that is part of my agency called Career Day. And uh, the entire team works really hard on these events where we bring in speakers and we do panels and uh, networking opportunities for people to peer network. Mm -hmm. um, and also obviously ask the questions that they want to ask to the panelists and myself. Sophia, what do you think other women out there should know if they want to find like a peer mentorship relationship like ours? Mm. I, As we said before, I think... That one, look into your life already at the friends that you have and notice like where you can invest more time and effort into a friendship that could, that could ultimately grow and don't take those friendships that you have for granted. Mm -hmm. And also when you're out there networking, don't, don't connect with people just because of outside labels or identities, job titles, where they live, where they're from, who they are, et cetera. Like connect with actually who they are as a person yeah. and that will lead you to so many different opportunities yeah people change jobs all the time so yeah, all the time you know connecting with someone just because of their job is very short-sighted so i have one last question for the two of you which is just i'd love for you to reflect a little bit on how you've seen each other change how have you seen the other person evolve and how's your relationship evolved as a result over the course of this friendship I feel like we have both evolved on a bit of a spiritual journey, <laughs> as you can hear all our answers. It's like, just be yourself, <laughs> be kind. But truly, though, I feel like we were maybe both on the more traditional career train before of uh, achieving, 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 performance, 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 and came to a point where we realized that maybe that we were living life not fully in accordance with our values. And I think that has been a pivotal moment for me in trying to redesign my life to be more aligned with my values. Mm. Yeah, that's the first thing that came to me, too, was understanding ourselves on a spiritual level. And it's so funny because I feel like we've had simultaneous journeys in that aspect. It's coincided. The more that we think like bigger picture and why we're here and, and, and before it was more almost like a checklist of everything we had to do. It's like we were very, I mean, and that also I know both gives us like a lot of satisfaction that we like check everything off our mm -hmm. list. And we're like, we need to do all of these things. And before we're 30, we need to do this. And before this, um, and there's not, there's joy in that, but not the kind of joy that I think we've found now where, you know, it's okay to take a whole weekend off and don't have our phones and just spend time 
in nature and hugging trees. Um, <laughs> a lot of hugging trees this a summer. A lot of hugging trees. Uh, and we realized when we both got back to New York this fall, we were like, ooh, it was it was intense. That was a lot. Um, and we're like slowly getting into it, like slowly moving into our normal routine of things. And before every time, um, especially Baba would get back, she's like immediately running, like full sprint into everything that life in New York creates. Um, but yeah, that spiritual journey, I think, has been yeah, a huge thing. Yeah, for sure. Like rethinking our priorities a little bit. Yeah, and understanding that everything has a limit, our energy, our yeah. our time. Yeah. Uh, that sounds so Deepak Chopra in a way. Like, I know. Like, totally. and, but so all we have is like really the now and it's like we're – I haven't seen you so present. Like you're so present now. Um, and I think before we were like very much just like always thinking about the future and now we're like, okay, deep breaths. Yeah. What can we do like in this Dinners moment? without phones and yeah. things like that. That's when the best conversations happen. Honestly, that's my advice for everyone. Just go out with your girlfriends, have a dinner without phones and see what happens. That is a great note to close on. Baba, Sophia, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Neha. I hope you enjoyed this conversation between Baba and Sophia as much as I did. You already know that this whole podcast has been brought to you by Girlboss Radio in partnership with Tresemme. Like us, Tresemme believes in the power of women connecting with and supporting one another in whatever incredible journey or path you choose to take in life. This is our final episode of Mentor Memos. And while I'm sad to say goodbye, I hope that you've gotten as much out of this as I have. I've learned tons about what it takes to create, maintain, and grow powerful mentorships that work for you. And I hope that you feel comfortable and empowered to go forth and establish your own powerful mentor relationship. We want to reach as many people as possible with these amazing stories. So if you like what we've done in the podcast, please share the show with your friends. And if you've already done that, be sure to rate the podcast and leave us a review. It really does help us reach more people. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been so much fun. Bye.